You're listening to media from University Lutheran Church and Student Center. We are a multi-generational, Jesus-centered community of Scripture, faith, and grace located in Tallahassee, Florida, on the campus of Florida State University. To learn more and to get connected to other resources, please visit universitylutheranchurch.org. We hope that the next few moments are a time when God speaks into your life by the power of His Holy Spirit about His Son, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who has come to us in order to be unfair to us. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, our readings today are uh, one of those readings that when I looked at what the readings were for this coming Sunday, I started to think to myself, I wonder if I can get sick. Because they're just kind of hard readings to preach on, right? They're, they're, a, a, they're a set of readings that, you know, anytime that you get a parable where Jesus is talking about a dishonest manager, you, you start to go, oh, I, I don't know that I want to preach that. I, I'll let somebody else do that. But I'm here. And if that's not the only reading that's a little bit difficult. And in fact, you have this reading in 1 Timothy where you have Paul say this weird thing. He, he, he tells Timothy, I'm telling you the truth and I'm not lying, which all of a sudden makes you go, well, what's going on, Paul? When were you lying? Why did you feel it necessary to say that? And the psalm is, is sort of okay. We, we can kind of get through the psalm, all right. But then we've got this reading from Amos that started everything off. And this reading from Amos has absolutely no gospel in it whatsoever. It's just God yelling at the people of Israel. And so it, it's one of these Sundays where it's kind of like, okay, well, this is not Good Shepherd Sunday. We're not doing Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. That's easy. We can all walk out of here feeling good. Instead, today we have the 15th Sunday after Pentecost, and we can just yearn for the 16th Sunday after Pentecost, because today the readings are hard. Today they start off with that reading from Amos, that reading from Amos that in its context is a very sort of interesting reading. So what has happened is that there is this sort of country bumpkin guy named Amos, Amos is, is a dresser of figs, is, is what the, the scriptures tell us. He's a guy who literally goes and he scrapes the bark off of fig trees, which makes the figs ripen quicker. And, and so uh, he, he's an agriculture guy. He, he's this guy who, who doesn't involve himself in the courtly processes of kings and princes. And yet he is called to go to a people in Israel who are all, well, let's just say kind of snooty. He's called to a people who are just absolute capitalists. That's all that they care about. That's what uh, Amos says. He says, these people, they cannot wait for the Sabbath to end. They can't wait for the celebration of the new moon to end, which would have been one of the religious holidays. They can't wait for it to end. Why? Because they want to go out and they want to make money. 
They want to go out and they, they want to exploit the poor and they want to line their pockets full of gold and they want to sell the poor for the price of a pair of shoes. And God is calling them out on this. He's sending Amos into their world in order to tell them how wicked and despicable they're being and how much they have taken their sights off of him. But you can imagine them sort of you know, stepping back from that and saying, well, well, God, I'm, this is fair. Th- this is just how we work commerce. This is just what we do. We're able to sort of manipulate this system and uh, because we enjoy doing that, well, is that really a, a problem? Well, God seems to think that it is. But do we? I mean, that's the problem here with this reading from Amos is that sometimes these readings, we we kind of look at them and we go, oh, does that hit me? Have I refused to take a Sabbath rest in order to seek after the things of my vocation? Have I refused to really celebrate a religious holiday because, well, I just don't have time. I've got stuff that I've got to do. Is there something about this Amos reading that, that makes us a little bit uncomfortable? And if there is, well, then maybe that's something to, to think about. But, of course, there's another part of this Amos reading that, that does something else for us. Depending on how we self-identify, Because, you see, if we self-identify as the people who are skipping out on the Sabbath and skipping out on the New Moon Festival, then we certainly are getting this sense of like, okay, this is the law, and I'm being told I am not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And yet, if you are one of the people who are being sold for the price of a pair of shoes, then to know that there is a God who stands in the gap, who says that all of these exploitative systems are wrong, then this sounds like gospel. If you're willing to look at yourself as somebody who is needy, then all of a sudden this turns into something that's so much different. Because in this reading, in this reading in Amos, you find somebody who is willing to stand up against oppressive systems. In this reading, you are willing to find out that God does not want people to be ground into the dust as they were being in Israel at that time. You see, a lot of times... The difference between law and gospel for us is how we self-identify. Do I see myself as somebody who is righteous? And if I see myself as somebody who is righteous, then any challenge to my righteousness is going to be taken as a threat. Or do I see myself as someone who is unrighteous? Somebody who needs some help. 
somebody who needs a champion, somebody who will come into my life and do something for me. Well, if I see myself as that kind of a person, then all of a sudden, there's gospel there. All of a the sudden, there's, there's something to God's word that isn't a threat to me, but is a possibility to me. There's something there that lifts me up. And as the psalmist says, causes me to cry out, blessed is the name of the Lord, because he has lifted me up out of my neediness. He has given the barren woman a home. He has done all of these things that have lifted up my status. You see, what's going on in in that psalm is that they're, they're celebrating a God who is a God who doesn't just show preferential treatment to the rich and the powerful and the mighty, but rather somebody who stoops low in order to bring up those who are down near the ground. The barren woman in that time would have been somebody who was almost shunned by the people around her. And to that woman, the psalmist says, you are now going to be lifted up and given a home. You're going to be given the status that you wouldn't have had otherwise. And we're sort of okay reading ourselves in as the needy there. But so often we're not. In the reading in 1 Timothy, you have what seems to be the beginnings of a political struggle in Ephesus. So Paul is writing to young Pastor Timothy. And he's writing to young Pastor Timothy and he's giving him some good pointers, some good tips about how you do church. And one of the things that Paul feels is necessary to tell this guy is, hey, have everybody pray for your leaders. And if you dig into what's going on there, he's saying everybody should pray for their leaders and not quarrel and not argue. But rather you should pray for your leaders together. And you you sort of ask the question, well, what were they arguing about? Well, uh, what do we argue about? We're heading into a political season where all of a sudden everything from our news feeds to the things that we're streaming on YouTube are going to be filled with all sorts of great attack ads and all sorts of people that are arguing But Paul says, pray for those people and leave the arguing behind. Recognizing that in that disparity of how we feel we are being represented, we can feel like we're on one side or the other of having favor. Because that so many times is what the arguments are about, right? Well, this group is in, is in power, and so because of that, I feel like I'm oppressed. I feel like I'm exploited. Or my group is in power. How dare you accuse me of being oppressive and exploitative? 
And so it all comes back once again to how we see ourselves and what is fair. And then we finally land on this difficult parable of Jesus, this parable that if you go to 10 different sources and ask 10 different sources how they understand this parable, you probably get about 10 different answers because we just don't have the context that Jesus and his disciples did. We just don't have the full context that helps us to understand exactly what Jesus was saying here. But what we can know about this parable is what Jesus says in the midst of it. He says that we can't serve two masters. That there only has to be one master in our life. And that master is the one who comes and who treats us seemingly unfairly. That master is the one who comes and reduces our bill. Because at some point, that's what goes on when we read this parable. We read this parable and we, we, we have a, a little bit of a problem within ourselves because we see what this guy who's called the dishonest manager is doing and we recognize that, well, he probably shouldn't be doing that. We recognize that that person's bill was a hundred measures of oil or of wheat and this guy is cutting that in half. And we recognize for ourselves he probably shouldn't be doing that. But the strange thing about that is that neither of the characters in the story who are having their debts forgiven have any problem with it whatsoever in Jesus' telling. You don't, in either of those tellings, you don't have the person who owes a hundred measures of oil say, Oh, well, 50, I, I don't know. That's a little bit too much. Can, you know, may, maybe I can just you know, figure out a payment plan to pay you back. None of that. In fact, he follows what the dishonest manager tells him to do. He goes, he says, quickly write down 50 measures. And you know what the guy does? Quickly he writes down 50 measures. Because we recognize when we're being treated unfairly to our benefit. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you have been treated unfairly to your benefit. There are systems in this world that oppress you. There are systems in this world that exploit you. There are systems in this world that are truly evil in the ways that they do that. There are systems in this world that lift up those who are already in power and give them more power to the detriment of the rest of us. But here in this place, you have been treated unfairly in a way that is holy and righteous. Here in this place, you have been treated unfairly because God has taken His own Son 
who has willingly died upon a cross so that you may be treated unfairly. He took what is fair and put that upon himself. The debt that is owed is more than 50 measures of oil. It's more than 30 measures of wheat. And he took that upon himself. And he paid that for you. So that you may walk out of this place once again saying to yourself, I know my sins. I know my debts. I know what this cost Jesus. And yet, I'm walking out of here rejoicing saying, Blessed be the name of the Lord, for he has treated me unfairly. He has raised me out of the dust and sat me in the place of the Prince of Peace. May you go out this week and combat all that is exploitative and evil. And may you do that recognizing that you have been brought into a place where you can do that because of the mercy of God. Amen. Thank you for listening to this media from University Lutheran Church and Student Center. To learn more and to get connected to other resources, please visit universitylutheranchurch.org. If you would like to financially support more media from University Lutheran, please visit our website and click the Give Now button, which will enable you to engage in the Christian discipline of giving tithes and offerings to God through His church. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift up His face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Oh,